Welcome to Books and Bourbon, where I, Katie, your host, bring you my love of books and bourbon with monthly takes on what to read and why bourbon is more than a great liquor. Excellent. Welcome back, everybody, to this month's version of Books and Bourbon. I have the absolute pleasure to bring on one of my favorite authors I've gotten had the pleasure to get to know over the last couple of years. He has a fantastic writer, great sense of humor, always bringing positivity, um, laughter is everything. If it, anybody of you follow him on Twitter or any of those, he's also one of the great members of the Joyful Warrior podcast media company that we have that he does a great show with uh jen help voice memos so welcome myron to the show today <laughs> yeah thank you very much welcome i'm excited I'm, to have I'm you. excited i love your thank you and i love your show and congratulations on your show as well i love the format and i love the uniqueness that's a really cool books and bourbon i mean come on that's a right? great combo <laughs> it is i agree <laughs> And I love your show. Like, it's one of my favorite. Like, I start work. I work from home on Friday. So it's always my nice little afternoon pleasure to listen to your guys' show. It's, ah. you guys get some great topics on there. Ah, thank you. Welcome. So, um, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Tell us about some of the books that you have written. Now, one of them has been featured on here, but if you just want to give, Everybody that hasn't had the pleasure to listen to the show yet. I don't know where mm. you've all been, been but <laughs> yeah, so you got some great uh, books out there. Most recent one I definitely loved. So tell me about them. Yeah. Thank you. So I am, um, thank you for the introduction and the invitation. Absolutely. And uh, I, I am an author, published author. I've, I've written ooh, um, a good number of books, let's say. I, I think. Uh, three novels, a short story collection, and um, the book we're going to discuss today, um, The Goddess Book, as I call it, the shortened title, yeah. The Goddess Book. Um, <laughs> but I also, um, I blog at Dear Dean and on Medium, DearDean.com and on Medium. And I have a digital, monthly digital magazine that's free, Dear Dean the Magazine. And um, I'm across social media as either Myron Clefton or Dear Dean. Uh, and I'm in California, born and raised in California. I lived in a few other states, but I am um, a Californian and I have a t- teenage daughter um, who I talk and tweet about quite frequently. <laughs> and um, uh, I love to travel, you know, long watches, walks on the beach. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. Uh, you know, you know, okay. I, I would say that you know, my my writing. I, I don't stay in one genre. Um, I I sort of cross genres. My my uh, the book we're going to discuss today is my first published book. Uh, it's called Her Legend Lives in You, um, story of our um, the goddess and our daughters, a new creation story kind of deal and uh, mythology. Yeah. Um, 
And, and then I wrote a couple of novels and they were um, social commentary novels. They were fiction, but I included um, real life events. Uh, one was BLMPD, uh, Revenge is Inevitable, mm-hmm. which was a response to um, it was a social look and a, and a fan, fantastical response to police violence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I followed that up with a prequel called Monuments, A Deadly Day at Jefferson Park, which was a, a novel uh, and a, that looked at the social response to Confederate monuments uh, and, the, and the push to take those down. And, that's, and both of those novels are uh, 18 and above. They're very violent yeah. novels for yeah. um, the topics they cover. And then uh, I ventured into a short story, short story collection. And there are, it's called uh, We Couldn't Be Heroes. And that's also the title of the book and the title story. Uh, but that collection, eight stories that venture from science fiction to current Gothic uh, to um, uh, religious satire and a few other topics. Uh, and um, that was my first short story collection. I wanted to try some different types of writing, experimental yeah. writing. And then my most current novel, and you reviewed this on the show, and I really appreciate it, is a coming-of-age uh, novel called Jamal's Incredible Adventures in the Black Church, about a 17-year-old boy uh, who is, um, his uncle is also his pastor. He becomes, he is appointed to be his uncle's driver, and we see uh, the church world through his eyes. And uh, it's a really... Uh, you know, it's it's my first novel, my first novel where it's just a story. There's no um, big violence or anything, yeah. and I don't want to do any spoilers or anything. But <laughs> it's you're looking at family and church relationships, and those, as people know, can have a different type of violence to themselves. Yes. Okay. Um, but it is a coming of age novel, so yeah. that's my lineup and a little bit of who I am. And thanks for the space to share those things. Excellent. Thank you. Um, with the little brief descriptions of everything. Um, when did you kind of decide that you wanted to be a writer? I know you've talked a little bit about, you know, your first books that you put out, but what was kind of your process of getting to that point? <laughs> you know, um, when I turned, uh, I've always been a, a writer, but I never published things. It was mostly just um, contributions to different blogs and little things like that, uh, and endlessly bothering my friends with long emails. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but then when I turned, um, I think it was my 50th birthday, uh, my best friend and, and um, magazine and website and book designer gifted me a website. And she said, you know, you write so much, you should really blog. And she and I was like, well, how do I do it? She said, look, just send me something and I'll post it. I'll design this website, this blog for you. Just send me something, however you want to do it, every week or whatever. And I said, okay, what I'll do is I'll send you something every Monday. <laughs> and she said, okay, great. I'll, I'll publish it every Wednesday. And now, I don't know, it's been, well, 58. So it's been eight years. Yeah. And I've published, I've published a weekly blog every week for eight years. And so that started it. And it, I would just blog about just like anybody, just random things. Yeah. And I decided to, I decided to do a, a short story once, some creative, um, a fantasy story. And I blogged it and that became um, the book that we're going to discuss today. 
Yeah, wonderful. Very cool. Yeah, it, it was that book. Yeah, that's, what, that's <laughs> my first book. So she gifted me the blog. I started blogging. And maybe at towards the end of year one, I was just sitting around and I said, oh, let me just think of a story. And I thought of a story. And that story became the book that we're discussing today. Wonderful. This, uh, let's mm-hmm. dive into it because it's, I've been excited to talk mm-hmm. about this. I, first, I, I think that's actually, as your blog is how I came across you. And then um, seeing your book, I think the book, first book I read of yours was the uh, BLM PD and I was driving down or riding along with my ex down to Mississippi to visit her family. And it's a long ass drive. So I was reading that book. I think I read that first one in the, like the four day trip that I was down there. Um, and then followed up with this one. And it's like you said, it's very different from all the other writing, but it's, I had very poetic to how it's written. There's a lot of, there's some poetry aspect to it that I, was pleasantly surprised, but very, very much enjoyed it. Um, so why don't you tell me a little bit about the background of this one. It is Her Legend Lives in You, then told the creation story honoring the goddess and our daughters. And so it was kind of your process or thoughts behind this book. Yeah, that you know, um, this is this is my favorite book. Like, yeah. This is my favorite book. And I can see why. <laughs> my process, thank you, my process in that book, because um, I've had many people come back to me with their analysis of the book, right? And I can tell you that when I wrote that on my blog, I wrote one chapter per week in keeping with my style of writing my blog, one one blog post per week. I just did that book one chapter per week and I never knew where the story was going. Sure. (laughs) So it wasn't plotted, it wasn't plotted out or anything. I just, I, I wrote a chapter and then I'd come back the next week and I would read that chapter and go, okay, and I'll just pick up and you know try to think of something else. And it it went where it went. Um and so I, I think one of the one of the best things uh, that I've heard, I've heard a lot of great things, people analyzing that book. Um, but one of the best was, and it was a, a good friend of mine who came back to me and said, Well, you know, this is your response to your religious upbringing. Yeah. Like this is your rebuttal to that. And I hadn't thought about that. And I wasn't thinking that when I wrote it. Um, but for me personally, I love that. But again, I've heard a lot of different um, analyses of that, of the book and the characters. And I do love, and I think, I think my, I do love what you said about the poetry aspect, because I believe that my, um, uh, my editor my editor wrote the back of the the back cover of the book, the okay. description. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I mean, we collaborated on it, but really she wrote that back description <laughs> and she uses the word po- poetic in there. And I thought, you know, I hadn't thought about that, but it does have, there are some chapters and some, um, some paragraphs that are very poetic. And I, yeah. I, I love that about it. Mm-hmm. I do too. And you mentioned that, mm-hmm. you know, I've, we have very different backgrounds, religious backgrounds, upbringing, but I think it related to this one is because I've always been interested more of the female aspect to religion and how it's often steered away, um, like Mary Magdalene, those stories, and the first mother, and that's that. And it's obvious when I was even reading this, I was like, it's very obvious you have had, and you've talked about a lot. Um, for those that follow you, how strong a female 
influence has always been on your life. And I think that is something that is very much reflected in this book itself, because, you know, you're raising a very strong teenage daughter, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And you know, yes. stories of your mom. And so, yeah, you've definitely, obviously, and, you know, even just your relationship with Jen, it's obviously strong women have been very big influence on your life. And really, if you, a lot of the, your characters and uh, your other books, I think that's something I've appreciated is the female characters, how strong they are and have very different stories than what most strong female lead characters have in a lot of stories. So I, I appreciate that writing aspect of yours. <laughs> yeah, thank you for that. I, I love hearing that. And I, um, like this book, um, the three, the three main, four main characters, right? And they're, they're women, they're, there's yeah. the goddess, there's her daughter, there's the elf queen, and there is um, the or Mother Earth. Yeah. Right. And and we 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 the readers were brought into their world and their interactions. And um, you know, because you mentioned you know Mary, and we can go back to Eve and other religious other religions around the world that have women goddesses. Yeah. And and even if we go back before religion. Um, I think I read somewhere that, you know, the first few hundred thousand years of human existence, maybe it wasn't called religion, but it was just the concept of Mother Earth. Yeah. Right. It, it was it was very feminine because that was the provider. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we eventually get into these man-made religions, these, these man-based religions. And all of a sudden there's no more, you know, there's no more women at all. Like it's just. You know, even Christianity just calls Mary a vessel. Like, what is he just a toaster? Like, well, what does right. that you know? And, and, and male religious leaders say that with pride. Like, that's, that's so wonderful. And it's just like, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, as a matter of fact, I was thinking today, since we were you know, going to talk about the book, I was thinking, you know, the first line of my book is, the very first subtitle to the chapter is um, all of religion is merely men mansplaining God. Yeah. <laughs> I loved that. I was like, well, that's read that. And I was like, so I know this is going to be a good book. It calls it out. and <laughs> Right. It's right there. And I, yes. I, I made, I made it a purpose. I made it a purpose to maintain the book's integrity that it is, it is as my as it says in the back cover, you know, a celebration of the the wholeness and all of the divine feminine. It's yeah. just it's there. And then what does that look like if we don't? They're not derivative of men or anything. It just is just the feminine. So um, only women talk in the book. And but you know, I had two interesting um, situations with this book. So. When I went to market it at a couple of bookstores, I went to a couple of bookstores that said, no, we're not going to carry this book. We only carry Christian books. And these weren't religious stores. These are just yeah. bookstores. Huh. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and it was, you know, it just was a flat out no. And then I went to a couple of alternative type bookstores, very open bookstores, Mystico and things like that. And the the, the first response that I got was, no, we're not going to carry this book because men don't write about the goddess or a goddess or the goddess or anything. And 
it was on two occasions, it was me saying, if you read the first line of my book, you're going to want to carry the book. And it's that line I just said, all the religions. And both times, the bookstore owner or book purchasing person in the bookstore said, okay, yeah, we'll cover it. We'll take this book. <laughs> <laughs> just give it a chance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, you know, I, 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 it is true. You know, Katie, I will say, because you, you, you mentioned um, both of our religious upbringings, um, that was my first published book. And I wanted to sell that book and market, not sell it, but market it inside my home church that I grew up in yeah. that my brother passes. And he said, no, you oh. can't bring this book here. Yeah. And it's just a book. It is yeah. just a book. Yeah. Right, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. My, there's some churches here that it was kind of funny because, you know, moving to the South, I was like, well, obviously Bible country. And, and as mm-hmm. a, part of the LGBT community, I was like, oh goodness, but it took me moving here to actually find some comfortable religious groups here that I think this book, if I ever went back to them, that they'd be like, oh yeah, we definitely would love to read that. And <laughs> might have to bring it up to a few of my pastor friends around that's, here. <laughs> that's awesome. I, I just think it's a, you know, I, I've told this before and I told this when I've done a couple of book t- talks and things um, that, you know, my next book was BLMPD. It's very violent. And Every store that turned down my goddess book, which has no violence and is all about love, yeah, all t- all took my violent book. See that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's just I, you know, and I don't know what that means, right? Yeah. But <laughs> it really says, uh, and you know, maybe we can't extrapolate it to the country as a whole. Yeah, However, I was gonna say <laughs> it's telling us something. <laughs> yeah, very much. I was given the climate of yeah when you were trying to sell that book and. <laughs> But yeah, it's, it's a, yeah, those that another strong female characters. That's I think I love that book too, is because of the cast supporting cast in that one. You had the whole cast, and it was the characters you had in were phenomenal. Um, which actually kind of brings me into one of my next questions: When you're with of your writing process, what does come first for you? Is it the characters or a plot or kind of what's what's your writing style in that sense? Well. Um... For this book in particular, um, it actually I could, pretty much for all my books, you know, I I I surf uh, pop culture, you know, and take in news stories, movies, TV, um, different books, and just sort of just let all that stuff seep in and figure out. Um, I then I, I try to figure out well what is something that I can write about that um, is relevant mm-hmm. to some of these topics going around. And, and this book, the goddess book, um, there was just a lot of, reli- well, there's always religious stuff going on in, in this country. And, and I remember, you know, that vessel, someone, some big religious leaders was, had just mentioned that vessel thing about Mary, you know, Mary yeah. was a vessel and they were saying it was such Pride, and I remember thinking uh, at the time, and I was and I was brought up in a very, uh, you know, the churches are very, you know, man driven and yes. so forth. Although many in the black church, at least many of the membership, the paying members are women, but the leadership is mostly men. And I remember just looking at some things online when men were talking about, um, you know. A, a Mary being a vessel, and then B 
you know, God, you know, God, the man doing all these things and women being subject, you know, to men and so forth. And I just remember just, that's just stirring around in my brain, you know, and, and I, I said to uh, one of my nieces at the time, you know, all of the, all of the, um, all that we know about, about procreation in the animal kingdom, you know, is, you know, only women create, you know, men, men don't create in, in, in that way. And, and really when a child is born, you know, their, their mother is their God, like this, because without their mother, you know, they're, they're going to die. Like they can't get out of the womb. The mother has to deliver that baby, you know, so the mother is God. And, and, and then another interest I have is I, I, you know, I follow all these, everything that, not everything, but NASA and space exploration and astronomy. And, and I started putting together the thought that, you know, how, how male scientists talk about um, space, is very phallic oriented, you know, yes. and it's you know, <laughs> the big, the big bang, you know, yep. <laughs> you know, something started at a single point, exploded out, you know, and it's just, it's very, it's just very male, phallic, yeah. you know, and, and I thought, well, what if, you know, the, the, the universe didn't start with a bang or explosion or how were they describe it? Cause that's sort of a layman's turn of what they describe. Yeah. Um, but, but what if the universe was burst, right? Because everything we know is burst. Everything. There's yeah. no spontaneous creation. Like it's all burst. Yes. You know. And so, what if the universe is that? Well, then, if the universe was burst, everything we know is only women give birth. Right. It's just that's just that's just okay. fact. Only you know, only certain organs within the human species is capable of giving birth. So. Yes. Because I want to be conscious of uh, <laughs> the transgender community, but yeah, absolutely. it's only those organs. Yeah. Yeah. And well, then if that's true, you know, so I put those two things together, men dominating to talk about religion and God and believing that they themselves, like literally they are the image of God, not, not women, but just them. Yeah. And it makes no sense. So I put those two things together and I thought, you know, I'm going to go with the universe is created by a goddess and then what if she had a daughter yeah and then you know how, how would that look and then you mentioned earlier you know i, I write it i write to talk about my mom who passed away when i was 39 and then i have my teenage i only have one child my teenage daughter and so there is a lot of that right because in the story i have the mother and the daughter right and so I took from my own experiences in that regard. Um, but that's sort of how the book came about. So my writing process is just as I gather information from what's happening in society and then just let it run in, in background of my head. And one day I sit down at my laptop and, you know, a story pops forth. Wonderful. I love that. <laughs> Which um, of your books was one of the hardest ones to write? <laughs> that did. Ooh, um, I think the hardest to write was my current novel, the Jamal Moss yeah. uh, Incredible Adventures, because um, for one, because people have asked me, are you Jamal? Is Jamal you? And a lot of it, but not all. There is, okay. you know, it's taken from, I have two older brothers and we all, and I have a bunch of cousins and we all yeah. grew up in a black church, you know, male <laughs> and female. 
And so uh, while all of the stories, everything in that book, all those stories are true. Oh, all those stories are, are, um, are recounting actual events that either I witnessed and experienced myself or secondhand. So my brothers, one of my brothers told me, um, or, or the various pastors and preachers that I know um, told me. And so, and it's, it's over a span of time. So even in the book, it's just like a year or something like that. Yeah. But those, those stories actually cover you know, 20, 30 years. Um, so the hardest part about it was um, telling those stories and um, trying to write from a 17-year-old's point of view, right? And so, and that level of maturity um, where it's not fully developed, that yeah. your thoughts and your maturity, you're not, and so you're, you're wondering things, you're questioning things, but sometimes, as, like as a teenager, you just observe, because yep. like, you don't know anything. You're just, you're just watching this play out in front of you, and you exactly. don't have, you don't have a mental, you know, uh, ability or the, or the maturity or, or whatever it is. You're just 17. You're just like watching. Stuff. So, well, it's crazy. so it was hard. Yeah. It was hard to, it was hard to write that, to dial back um, from Jamal's point of view, that it's to try to get into the head of a 17 where something doesn't make sense, but you're watching it happen. So there was that aspect. But then the other aspect was, you know, I would say, 90% of the people I know in real life, my family and friends are all church people. They're all black church people. And to try to write the book in a way that it would be true and honest. And I didn't want to just take shots at people who yeah. do love and who love going to church. They love their faith, their worship and all that. And so I didn't want it just, just to be a, um, um, an attack, you know, be perceived as an attack, and that's one of the one of the ways that I tried to address that and put some, um, get some light and love, you know, for lack of better terms, is that one of the through lines to the book is there's always these wonderful um, Jamal's wonderful observations of, or the or the the storyteller's observations of, you know, the church, the choir the colors, yeah. you know, that excitement. I tried to put that through so that there what there did seem like there was an appreciation of what's happening as well. Even as all these Jamal is in the middle of these maelstrom events, all this stuff happening, you can still see some of the appeal and attractiveness of you know, church life. So yeah. Um, so that so that was hard. I, I wanted to I had to take myself out <laughs> some where I just want to like go hard and criticize you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> having known you know how you are, that I would say you you did a very good, nice tight walk on that. <laughs> there was a good balance of appreciation, like of the church, the the importance of it is for the communities, but also at the same time, it's like the hypocrisy that was really going on. It just like it was a very very well tight yeah. walk he did there <laughs> yeah it, it, it's tough because because you mentioned you mentioned your own um, religious upbringing you so you respect how tough that is because you yes. want to you know for different reasons you know you want to you know criticize it but i really have to say well you know there are people who you know who really love this like they yeah. love it 
and they're earnest and it's important to them and they build their lives around it. And just because it may not be for me right now, it doesn't mean it's not important to them. And I have to try to remind myself of that. Um, And you know, what's interesting is the people who would not read my goddess book. (laughs) I'm telling you, I'm endlessly fascinated by that, but who would not read that goddess book, you know. (laughs) <laughs> but I really Jamal and they love and they love Jamal. And so I'm really I'm really happy about that. Yeah, it's a fantastic one. I really that's probably probably my second one of yours that I absolutely love. Um it's like you can see like I've same thing, you know, I appreciate what church has meant for a lot of people. Like I mean my ex very much, she it was very important to her, where it was less important to me, but I respected her where she was coming from in that. And but yeah, this but you also see the hypocrisy. It's like even in the best of churches, there's some bad things going. On. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you I can tell you something about this goddess book that is, is um really unique. And I, you know, I'll send this to you because I, I don't ever since I stopped marketing the book, um, some of the other aspects of marketing it. Um, I are no longer, people no longer get, but one of the things that was used to be included with the book is, um, I have a list of maybe 22 historical goddesses. Oh, um, yeah, that I have a, there's a list and I have the, I built a whole, um, what do I call it? A, um, so like a user's guide. I can't think yeah. of, I have a different term for it, but like a user's guide. And I, and I, I named the goddess, all their attributes and um, their favorite saying or what they're famous for or something like that. Because in the book, uh, one of the things about the daughter of the goddess is that as she has traveled the world down through human history, she's been given different names. Yeah. And... She has different experiences in different societies all throughout history. And so I use all of the, not all, but 22 known names of goddesses and say, well, this is all really just this one goddess in, all her, in different iterations. Oh, it's a companion guide. That's what I called it. Okay. And, mm-hmm, and so I'll send you that. It's a, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. And it, it's, it's real, it's really lovely because it's a, um, it's really just an appreciation. That whole book is an appreciation yeah. of women, womanhood. And so, and so you'll see when you, I'll send you the goddess companion guy, because I, the goddesses are archetypes of just, just women, you know, yeah. and you know, they like, you know, you know, one will like her solitude, one likes pets, one likes kids, one likes the ocean, you know, it's just really basic <laughs> stuff. And, and as a gift to the women in, um, in my life, my friends and relatives and stuff, their personalities are all, I base the personalities of the goddesses of people I knew. Yeah. And, and so I gifted that to each of them. I said, hey, this goddess, this, is, this archetype reminds me of you. And they all got that. But really, they're, very, they're, they're, they're written broadly enough, almost like astrology, you can find your sign. Uh, and so it was a, it was really fun to do that and to market it like that. I appreciate that. And the, I love, I think probably what caught my eye the most was the artwork alone on this is really well thought out on. It's, it's so fitting, as you said, as astrology, because, you know, there's definitely some astrological 
aspects to that as you're reading it. It's a lot. Right. So I'm so glad you mentioned that because, okay, of all the books I've done, Katie, that book's cover and design and the um, goddess symbols was so hard. (laughs) Yeah, two official designers, but then my editor and myself, so really four of us (laughs) going back and forth. And eventually we decided on that cover because I didn't want a picture um, of a goddess. I didn't want that, Not not a silhouette, not anything. I wanted it be what it is, right? Yeah. So you have this, some space, some, it's sort of, it's very mystical, astrology-based, astronomy, and you see this dragonfly, it doesn't, you know, it, it makes sense within the context of the story, but yeah. maybe not. And then, and then we have the goddess symbols, which you see in the books, every chapter has a different symbol. And um, those symbols, Katie, going back to the companion guide, each symbol is related to a specific goddess. Cool. Well, I look forward to it. Yeah. Wonderful. Yes. It, it, yes. It, it, all, it all goes together. And, and those symbols, my, my, um, the same lady who, who designs my website and all my book covers and stuff, but she and I went back and forth, heated arguments about those symbols, those little <laughs> circles. I mean, just heated in the middle of the night, we were arguing about those symbols just <laughs> for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> props for everyone because it looks good <laughs> so <laughs> it paid off uh, none of it my did. other books do we have fights about stuff as much it's <laughs> just just those symbols <laughs> and you know as it turns out you know and i, and I, I mean people love the symbols because i have one one reader made pressed copper i think it's copper or some type something that looks like a very thin she made all of those symbols into coins mm. that she is sent me a whole cool. bag of, yeah she I sent saw. me a whole bag of coins those and you know what she says she does she says that um she uses them as i forget the term but basically they're in a bag a little um felt bag she pulls one out like a um affirmation and oh, okay. she pulls one out yeah. and, see, and see and sees which goddess coin she pulls out and then she looks at the companion guide to remind herself what that goddess is all about for that day mm, i love that how oh, cool <laughs> i know right <laughs> it was i was like this is amazing so she gifted me those coins i had them sitting right next to my bed right on my on my nightstand i love that <laughs> what a great yeah. idea <laughs> uh mm-hmm. all right yeah it's it's a beautiful book and i Excited to give it away, part of my uh, gift basket. I'm yeah. for. I, I was like, that was the first book that, and I was like, it's it should, one, it's so pretty to look at, and two, a lot of people need to read it. So I'm giving it away <laughs> on my copy, not my copy, my copy, but <laughs> yeah, thank you for that. It's funny, I, somebody, um, somebody online had posted a photo of their um, of a bookcase or something, it was their bookcase, and I saw, I saw the guy's book in the bookcase and I was like hey I didn't know you had the book how'd you how'd you like it and, and, and the, the lady said oh I haven't read it it's just so pretty I wanted it in my bookcase I will not admit that I'm not guilty for that I have done that before 
right? I thought, you know what? I love that. Like, ooh, so. <laughs> what, what book person has not done that? <laughs> exactly. We all have. <laughs> so a pile I haven't read yet, but I'm going to get to it eventually. That's right. We all, we all have our piles. Yes. That's exactly right. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of, that's actually one of my questions. What is in your current to be read pile that you have going on? <laughs> Oh, that's that is a great question. I have um, a book you're looking forward to reading. <laughs> yes, I have a book, the hand, the hand, the, um, the Allies Handbook that just popped up yes. on my timeline on um, an author that I follow online. Um, she just published that. I I, ju- I just finished. Uh, I'm looking at books that people I follow online because I want to support yeah. you know these smaller writers. Um. There's a book by a lady I follow, and I can't think of the I can't think of the name or her, the title of her book, but I just got it. Um, um, but it's Tynesha's book. It was yes, a science, Tynesha, science yes. fiction book. Yeah, that's on um, my list. I of think, <laughs> yes, I have that. I have. Uh, I started rereading um, Barack Obama's first book. I'm about midway through. Oh, that's such um, a the one about his father. Yeah, is it, when he was a candidate. He wasn't president yet. So um, I just started reading that, and I just got um, a new collection of Batman books, comic books I'm going to read. And I have a um, a 1990s um, hardcover um, volume of Wonder Woman stories. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to I'm taking that with me on my air flight to um, Las Vegas. I'm going to dive into those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <Love> <laughs> So for those of you that do follow you on social media, you are always posting amazing pictures of libraries and bookstores and stuff. Is there a bucket list library or bookstore that you would love to visit? Uh, you know what? Um, so yes, um, there are there are various lists of the world's most beautiful libraries, right? Yes. And um, I want to hit up a couple of those. I've been to a, I've been to a couple because I've been to libraries in maybe eight or nine countries uh-huh. um, um, but I haven't been to well there's always more to go to so uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> talking about libraries got us banned or something and apparently I was like what did we just do <laughs> it's not somebody <laughs> yeah yeah I would like to visit libraries in um, in Barcelona and in Portugal because I've oh. seen a couple of beautiful ones. That, yeah, I've seen a couple of beautiful ones online. I like to visit, and then there are a couple of historical libraries way down in South America and um, Argentina. And um, uh, I have a niece whose parents are from Honduras, and she was telling me about a beautiful library in the capital there. So I, I like to visit those. Yeah, that would be wonderful. Yeah, I would. That's I always try to find a library to go visit and new places I'm going to. And it's fine because you see, there's such cute little bookstores out there anymore. And <laughs> yeah, yes. I mean, it, it's a, I mean, because really, you know, you know, as we, as we, as we travel through history and into the future, no matter how digital we get, libraries will never go away. Books will never go away. Yeah. They'll just never go away. Mm-hmm. And, and there's something about either you know, uh, uh, a small bookstore or a grand, you know, beautiful library that 
they're still connected. Yeah. They're still connected, right? It's shelves of books and those books tell everything. And it's just, it is something about walking in and smelling those books and seeing how um, someone or someone's decided to display those books. So whether it's the, it's the, you know, the, 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 the beautiful, you know, ceilings of those massive libraries that are just like book churches, right? They're just gorgeous. <laughs> All the way to, you know, some little, you know, bookstore. They have books sitting outside on carts. And you go inside, there's books on tables, books under tables. And you know what? That looks just as lovely to me. You can miss the libraries to the junkiest little bookstores. I will always right? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. The appreciation of it is what matters. Exactly. Yeah. I was, people always ask, like, why do you still buy books? I was like, because I, one, I would just love them. Hold on to them. There's something like I've, I'll read a Kindle in bed or on the plane, but for the most part, hard copy book is still, is there something special about that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, it's funny because, um, in, in going back to this book we were originally discussing in the, the Goddess book, at one point, um, the the daughter, you know, is is without spoiling it. I mean, it's been out for a while, so it's not yeah. big spoilers. But the daughter, <laughs> the daughter is calling all women to her, and you know, and and women from all walks of life are coming to her. And I, you know, when I was writing, I was thinking, I was thinking librarians, right? Because they're the chroniclers of things and the keepers yeah. of knowledge like that. And I I, could, I see them coming to her, and then at one point, the daughter, the daughter decides that. She's going to be everybody to show the world who she is. And she's all these different um, versions of womanhood. And she's all, she's just everything. And, and there's that part. So she, in that, that she's also a librarian. And then later on where she takes all the names and insults that women have been called down through history, throughout societies. And she just takes them in her hands and she just crushes all these, all these names and insults. And, you know, I think about how it happens to boys, but, it, but in this society, it's been more prevalent with girls yeah. that girls have been directly called bookworms. Yep. Right. Like, you know, there was a time where that was, that was an insult. Like right. to be a bookworm was an insult. <laughs> right. But to book readers and book lovers, like, you know, that's one of the early insults that was taken back. Yes, <laughs> right? like, exactly. Yeah, I'm a bookworm. Proud bookworm. Right, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I've, I've been definitely called that, and I was just like, "And your point being is what? Okay, I like being a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Call me Hermione or yeah. something. <laughs> the one with all the books. <laughs> I do have a yeah. couple of questions from some listeners that um, thought be fun to ask you. Um, okay. First one is from Jackie out in Colorado. If you were to write a spinoff about a side character, who would you pick to write about? Of any oh, of I love that. You know what? I love that question from Jackie. And I'll tell you why that um, my editor, um, Robin Martin is her name of two songbirds press. Um, she, she asked me that question a couple, a few years ago. 
And I thought, I thought about that for months. Yeah. And I think if I, if I ever were to go back to the story, I would go to the Elf Queen's story. Oh. Um, because she is, she's really, she's really important because she helped raise the daughter and she eventually uh, becomes the lover of the goddess. Yeah. And she finds out through the goddess that she herself is a, is a long awaited savior on another planet. And she's like, what? And I love the idea that a savior doesn't even know they're a savior, yeah. right? She didn't even know that, but she also, you know, cause there's, there's the theme of, um, um, she's a lover of the goddess. So one, right. So I have LGBTQI um, aspect to this. Yeah. She's a step parent and she adopts the daughter, like all that's there. And, yeah. and it's all, and it's all just so matter of fact, and it just happens and everybody loves each other. It's just, it's just a family. Right. And so if I were to do a, a spinoff or, or explore that world again, I would follow her story. Cause I mentioned her, the daughter discovering her in the forest, but I don't say, well, how does she get there? And where does she come from? And then what happens after the goddess tells her the news? Because I just think some books don't have to have every story, have a conclusion, every yeah. arc, just have something yeah. in there. Right. Yeah. And yeah. And, and then quite frankly, if we look at our historical religious um, books and things, there are incomplete things in them. Oh, yeah. Like that's just part of it, right? So, exactly. yeah, it definitely, it would definitely be, it would definitely be something a little more grounded. It would be around the F Queen and who she is. Well, I would totally read that one for sure. So, if that ever happens, let me know. Yeah. A final question that we got enough from another listener. If you could do a collab with any author, who would it be? Oh, gosh. Um, well, this would be sort of selfish, but because I'm reading Barack Obama, I think yeah. it would be Barack Obama because one, he was a um, Harvard law professor, right? Yeah. Um, and he's written a couple of books, but I think to me, more importantly to me, because he recommends books every year. I sort of selfishly will want to get with him to one, <laughs> find out his his writing process and find out who else. He <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Because you know what's interesting about his book recommendations? I mean, you know, anyone can have book recommendations, but some of these recommendations, he has met some of these people. Yeah. Right? And not all of them, because he will pick up books from people you never heard of, but he also, I love this about his recommendations, and he does it for music as well, that he will recommend books from people all over the world. Yeah. yeah. And it's that part, it's that part right there that you go, wow, I would like to find out. Like, how did you find out about this book and that book? And what about that author? What do you know? And what if, you know, if you've met that author, what have they told you? So I would like to sort of pick his brain about that, in addition to finding out his own writing, you know, because. Yeah. He's, a, he's an excellent writer, whether he's writing books or yes. speeches or whatever. So it, w- it would be him. Exactly. But you know what, Shay, I, I want to say something else about that. Another reason I would like to get him is because Barack Obama is my peer. Yeah. He's only a year older. He's only a year older than me. 
So, so he he and I can talk and have the same reference points for things. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, just we grew up in the same time, and we could just talk shop, so to speak. Now, I'm not as intellectual equal. I would say that's not what I'm saying, but just being this around the same age and having seen the same social and sports and things growing up, it'd be fun to talk to someone at, you know, his stature where I know we could just have a great conversation. Once I go to the fact I was talking to Barack Obama. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. It would take like, a few minutes, but yeah. <laughs> and and off. Talking, <laughs> right. And then you're just talking to another Gen X guy, you know, about Gen X stuff. And so yeah. I would like to do it for that, those reasons. Yeah. 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 Can I be the fly on the wall? Mike Pence's fly listening to that conversation because yeah. <laughs> that would be fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> All yeah, right. Well, so. Yeah. Is there anything coming up next for you for in the literary world that you got some exciting projects coming? I do. I have two that I just completed last week. Um, I complete. Yeah, I completed two books last week. One, um, um, author, uh, fellow writers will appreciate this. I started a book about uh, 2015, <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I just finished it last week. Like I sat it down for about, I, I, I haven't touched this book in maybe three years at least, and I finally, yeah. I thought, you know, I'm gonna finish this book. So I went <laughs> back and I finished it. Right. So I submitted that to, to my editor, and it is a. Um, it's a whole different type of book and I'm keeping it under wraps, but it is a, um, it is, I don't know how to describe it yet, but it is a, um, I don't know how to describe it. It's a different type of, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'll figure it out. Um, it'll get there, yeah, right? Absolutely. It'll get there. Yeah. I, I wrote a book and you, you and your audience can hear it um, first. I did uh, a couple of years ago, I did some ride shares. Uh, and I collected some stories. And so I'm doing a story collection of right shares. And I finished it. And I'm going to try to get that out before the end of the year. Oh, that'll be fun. Because I was reading some of those posts. And I'm like, oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, why. That's, I bet you that's why great I experience to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I did. I did a couple of Twitter threads on some on some right share stories. And that's why I did that. I, went, I was just like sort of testing the waters and yeah. see what would resonate and stuff like that. And I have a whole collection. So. <laughs> I finished that. I'm trying to get that out um, for the end of the year. And um, I have my digital magazine that comes out monthly. It's free. And um, I, I'm trying, I've been, I've been growing it to get contributors from a lot of different um, people, national people, uh, big time writers, and, and new writers, people who just want to get their work published. I've been doing that. Uh, and so that's there. And then, Kay, I do want to say one more thing about this book, The Goddess Book. Yeah, it's the do. only book. Thank you. It's the only book that I also have an audio book. Oh. And I, yeah, I found a, um, I researched and worked with a professional uh, voice actor. And, sh and she's, she's in England. And we did some trial runs and things. And, and I thought, and I still think she has the perfect voice. Uh, for the book, and I believe it's on audiobooks for maybe a ninety-nine cents or dollar ninety-nine. The book is very inexpensive now, and so whether the paper, the paperback has, you know, you get the symbols and all those things, and uh, Kindle has those things as well. But the audiobook brings a 
a different element to it. And um, I would encourage people to try the audiobook. It's it's okay. absolutely gorgeous how, how she how she reads the book. Wonderful. Love that. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much, Myron, for joining us today. Um, y'all really need to go get his books. Her Legend Lives in You, definitely for sure on that one. Jamal's Incredible Adventures, Monuments, BLMPD, all of them. They're absolutely phenomenal. And Magazine, too. I've, I've been enjoying I get excited when I see a little email pop up and it's good great <laughs> magazine for sure <laughs> you've got some great writers for it great collabs for it i would love it and you know I look forward to it each month for definitely um so thank you again myron i really appreciate this <laughs> it is my pleasure i'm so glad you invited me i hope you have a wonderful rest of your sunday you as well <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. I hope you enjoyed our interview with Myron. I want to thank him again for joining us today. I had excellent time getting to talk to him about his books. I highly recommend any of them. Um, Her Legend Lives in You, Jamal's Adventures in the Black Church, Beyond uh, PD, any of them. Like He's got a great variety out there. His short stories are phenomenal as well. Um, Definitely an author that I am looking forward to seeing where his next adventures take us. Um, so wanted to welcome you back. Let's start a little bit, talk about some bourbon. Um, I recently had a great opportunity, thanks to uh, the owner of this liquor store that I conveniently also work at. Um, we got in a Weller Create Your Perfect Bourbon release, which is kind of known in the bourbon world as a unicorn release, as... It's only released once a year. Um, there's very limited bottles. Um, we were lucky to get a few in and we decided to give it a taste uh, sample of it. And I decided, you know, this is a great bourbon that don't often get a chance to try. So I was really looking forward to it. A little background about um, about this. It's so Buffalo Trace back in 2015, uh, launching their new website allowed the opportunity for fans of their bourbon to create design flavors, characteristics, production methods, proof, and aging for the perfect bourbon. And from this resulted in a recipe that Buffalo Trace took um, with their limited edition weeded bourbon, which is aged for about eight years and bottled at a very strong 95 proof. But um, this allowed, they took this recipe from everyone that wanted a combination of everything. Uh, even got to chose the location of where it was kept. It's kept in the high vaults in some of the old um, distillery that keep all the bourbon barrels. Um, so this resulted in a very fabulous bourbon. Um, I was a little hesitant because it was 90, it is 95 proof, which is a little spicy for my liking for trying it straight but um i will have to say yeah it's proof doesn't match for it on this one the um when we opened it had great smell of it had aroma of dried orange peels which was phenomenal um you could definitely smell the charred oak from the barrels also had a little bit of cinnamon sugar um to it which was a nice pleasant surprise um like i said despite it being a 95 proof this hits the tongue and palate very smoothly. Um, does have a little heat towards the end of it. 
but I would say that it's probably an extremely smooth bourbon for it being at a 95 proof. Um, um, first off, tasting it, it had a little bit of tobacco taste at the beginning, um, which isn't a bad thing. I actually kind of liked it as well. Um, it's interesting. You can also taste like a little bit of like leather smell of it to it. Has a, that reminds me a little bit of that uh, taste to it, but also picked up some buttery caramel and allspice and ends with some vanilla and cinnamon with a little bit like a like a cinnamon cookie with an almond sweetness to it um maybe like a snickerdoodle kind of thing <laughs> actually that's what it kind of reminded me of which was I, I find delicious um this bottle is definitely one that if you ever come across it i highly recommend buying it um, it does retail between 100 to 300 dollars a bottle in stores, but I've also seen it somewhere up to $800, which I think is outrageous. Um, but it's created a lot of buzz and it's gotten a lot of, because it being a unicorn, quite like Pappy's is limited release, very hard to find that, that tends to drive up the market, but I know Buffalo Trace is working on changing that. So hopefully this is something that they create more of, but if you come across it and it's under 200, I would definitely say it's a worth purchasing because uh, it's it hits the palate very nicely, even for a higher proof. Great flavor to it. It's there's a lot of levels I would say to it, so it's multi level, multi layered bourbon. So it's not just a quick hit to the tongue palate. Um, it definitely definitely gives you a lot of variety in the taste to it. Um, said i wish now i could get my hands on a bottle because it would definitely be something that i would put into my drinking collection uh for sure because i i'm the type that believes in i'm gonna pay for it i'm gonna drink it and i don't believe in you know these <laughs> buying a bottle of bourbon and just letting it sit because i think that's dumb okay that's just me i'm probably getting a lot of hate mail from the bourbon community on that one but eh, well that's my feelings on it um bourbon should be meant to be drink not as a collector's item so yeah so like i said uh weller create your own creature perfect bourbon or cypb uh it's a white label uh weller so if, like i said if you ever come across it it's highly recommend it and really any of the weller clan um special antique 12 year they're all really great um, we we definitely get the antique quite often um also kind of known as the poor man's pappies because it, it retails very inexpensively for a bourbon that can be hard to find sometimes but you live in cincinnati which is always weird but it's always very super easy to find there but um definitely like i said recommend it get your hands on it if you can yeah and uh hopefully you can and hopefully i can find another bottle because it definitely needs to be added to my collection and so as a book for that I did this month, um, I really started reading this beginning in the last month, and I actually really started to enjoy it. And I knew Myron was coming on um, this episode, and so I also reread his "Her Legend Lives in You," which story of goddesses, and I thought it was actually a perfect pairing to go with a book that I've been enjoying. It's called "The Song of Achilles." Uh, by Madeline Miller. It is a very, it's Greek mythology, dealing with Greek mythology. It's a little like 
for anybody that is interested in in Greek mythology or or don't want to read like anything meteor like Iliad and the Odyssey. So heavy books, lot lot going on in those books. Um, this is a definitely great alternative to those. It's sweet, it's heartbreaking in a lot of spots. I mean, I will say that it's you know got a little Greek tragedy going on for it. Um, but it's a book that follows the story of Patroclus. I'm probably butchering his name because it's been a while since I've done Greek mythology and pronunciations of names, but um, Patroclus is often portrayed in like Iliad and the Odyssey as kind of a sidekick, but this one gives a more in-depth look to his story, which I really appreciated. Um, he is exiled by his uh, father when he unintentionally uh, kills another boy, um, he gets sent off to another king who often takes in exiled boys um, into his kingdom. And while there, he meets uh, Achilles, who many famously know. Um, and they quickly get taken by each other, like get taken in. And Achilles kind of takes, it starts off as a, more of a friendship, um, kind of takes him on the wing. He fights for him. And you know, all the boys that always wanted to be in this spot was wondering what Patroclus ends up getting. Um, they quickly become companions, which it leave morally also leaves into um, lovers. And unfortunately, this causes a lot of strife with his goddess mother who has beliefs of her son being the greatest warrior that will ever um, be portrayed. And she wants him to be able to live out that uh, prophecy. But she feels that the relationship with um, Patroclus, that it would interfere that. So there's often finding ways to send Achilles away from, from Patroclus, but he always finds his way back to, they always find their ways back together. Um, and and in doing so, they end up going off to fight in the Trojan War. And I don't want to give out too much information on this because um, I don't want to give away the story, but it's definitely, <laughs> definitely a heartbreaker. I will say that um, for those that are familiar with the Trojan War, it lasted a very long time, 10 years. And the story takes place partway, th you know, through it all. And it does a very good portrayal. Like it's, it doesn't go super depth into the actual war itself, uh, which would make it you know, much longer than it is. Um, but it gives you enough understanding of what Achilles was going through and how his love for Patroclus always kind of led his way. Um, he, knowing that he was going to be this great warrior, he still wanted to have the love of Patroclus. He felt he felt himself being more confident with him around. And uh, you know, it's you may see him as a sidekick, but he had a lot of love and respect for him and devotion you know, that they both had for each other. And Patroclus stands up a lot for Achilles, even go, trying to go up against Achilles' mother, you know, a goddess that's 
not always the smartest things to do, but he, you know, he stood his ground on a few things and, um, you know, it's just, it's a really great love story between these two that isn't often talked about and it's sweet, it's heartbreaking. Um, I, but I really, really enjoyed it. And I know she has another book that is out as well that I look forward to reading as well, um, as well. But I definitely recommend going to read The Song of Achilles. Um, bring some tissues. You'll need them for sure. Um, but yeah, those those were my two choices. My bourbon of the month, again, was The Weller uh, Creates Your Perfect Bourbon. And book of the month was The Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller, along with um, Her Legend Lives in You by Myron Clifton. And I highly recommend going to go get both of these books. You'll obviously kind of go well together. He has some great backstory, has some great goddesses um, out there that, you know, a few of them actually get mentioned in the Song of Achilles. So it's a good little companion to go with it as well. Um, all right. And that is it for me today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Books in Bourbon. Um, we'll be back in about a month with another episode. Um, until then, feel free to catch up on my other episodes wherever you get your podcasts at. Um, follow me on Twitter at the Books and Bourbon or on Instagram at the Books and Bourbon as well. Um, TikTok, not on Facebook, but in, you know Instagram, everything else. And yeah, if you have any questions, feel free to send me an email or message anywhere on any of my social medias, and I'd be happy to answer anything. All right, have a great week, everybody, and happy drinking and happy reading. <laughs>